Start there. <clears throat> start, start again? No, the live on the oh. actual. Hi, everyone. So welcome to another edition of High Tea. On today, I have the lovely Dion Hallbag and Valerie Mason Chase joining me for a great discussion on colorism. However, first I want to actually dispel the myth about colorism versus racism. Colorism is basically a discrimination or a prejudice amongst your own color, uh, based on your skin tone and skin complexion. And that happens every day in the workplace, in marriages, and in home, and in society. And what has happened over time is that um, skin complexion has become a major issue amongst women where we actually make jokes and it actually creates more of an animosity and more of a, a break in our relationship. So we're going to talk about that and ways to actually build that and how over time from our childhood to now, how colorism has actually impacted us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So first I want to start with a scripture because I love just um, really just making sure that we start with a scripture. So Ephesians 4 and 2, <clears throat> be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity. And to me, that actually breaks everything about colorism and how we should act, actually just unify and come together regardless of our skin tone. But I want to ask some questions, but first I want Dion and Valerie to tell me a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself. Okay. Um, I'm Valerie Mason Chase. Um, I have been a registered nurse for the last 41 years. I currently work at the Philadelphia VA Medical Center. Um, I'm currently enrolled at Cairn University, which is a Christian university in Langhorn, Pennsylvania and I'm pursuing a master's degree in counseling. Um, also a recent graduate of the um, School of Ministry at Change Church in uh, Ewing, New Jersey. And um, I'm just honored to be here and I thank Jerrine for this podcast and for allowing me to be here and share with you all today. Hello, my name is Dion Halbeck. I'm an educator. I work at the College of New Jersey. I'm financial aid. I'm also a public speaker in that realm. In addition to that, I'm also an active mentor with young girls. So when I heard about the discussion topic, um, just my discussions with young women and myself, of course, and my um, network of people, I thought it was a great opportunity to join your podcast and just share my experiences, things that I've learned. Um, and that's a little bit. Great, great. So high tea was basically developed because I really just have a passion to help women. And I feel like a lot of topics that are out there that need to be discussed are just everyday topics that are actually keeping women from being their best self. Mm -hmm. And when I say best self, it's not just a, a hashtag, but being their best self in Christ, being their best self out there in the community and just living their life on purpose and doing what is beyond and thriving in every area of their life. So we're gonna to get to some questions about colorism and then I'm just gonna have you guys piggyback and then you guys can just join in, okay? And the first one is, um, what do,
questions here, ladies? Okay, so the first question was basically, how do you feel about skin tone, dark skin tone versus light skin tone? And where did that actually develop inside you from a childhood's perspective? So we're gonna talk about that first. Well, my uh, feelings about skin tone has evolved over the years. Um, I have a broader view of it now than I used to when I was a child. Because uh, growing up, there always seemed to be a favoritism shown towards young girls who were a lot lighter than myself. Got it. And I used to feel very self-conscious about the color of my skin. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. Okay. I'm very comfortable in the skin that I'm in. I'm very proud to be the color that I am. Um, but all throughout elementary school, junior high school, college, there was always that tension between lighter skinned females and darker skinned females. Wow. And even in relationships, the fellas seem to have preferred the lighter skinned girls. So that was added another layer to my uh, feeling self-conscious and having almost a sense of uh, inferiority at, at some point. Yes. But as I said, that has evolved over the years. And um, I think seeing more darker skinned women in the media, yes, either on television, in movies, and, um, being uh, broadcasters, doing various things, because it, it's always good when you can look and see someone who looks like yourself. Yes. yes. So earlier we were talking about basically how media sometimes actually begins to shape that inferior complex that you actually have about yourself and about your skin tone. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the show Blackish. So we talked about the show Blackish. It came up where they actually did a segment where the young lady, she was photographed, but she was photographed in a different lighting and it didn't allow her to herself to actually be seen. And so the family kind of made a, a joke about it. And so when I say that family's making a joke about it, it starts there in the household and how the family actually addresses the issue or they dismiss it or they make jokes about it. And so then the young girl, she carries it on into adulthood and it actually begins to shape how she actually interacts with other people of different hues and right in her community, right, right in her workplace and who she actually decides to actually link with. And then she actually misses what God actually intended for her to have because of that foundation that was created. Yeah. So in the show Blackish, they made a joke about it, but like you said, in media, media is actually shaping it where it becomes like, you know, it becomes right. like a bad thing. Yeah. But the one yeah. thing I like the episode <clears throat> that you are referring to, I actually just saw the episode, it was on mm -hmm. rerun during the summer, and you said everything correct, but the one thing I liked about the episode, um, it was Bo and the mother-in-law. They actually had an aha moment, and they realized that, yes, I'm joking about you, but the mother-in-law stepped back and said, wait a minute, I remember she brought back a photo album, mm -hmm. how I was treated when I was younger. Yeah. She said, Bo, you know I love you. I don't mean to, <laughs> when I say those jokes about you, you know, and she said, I have to stop that. 
said we yes. have to stop that as a community, as a family, as women yes. to keep affirming, you know, each other. Yes. So that's the one thing I liked about it. And so maybe even talking about it more within the family. Yes. Um, something that Valerie had mentioned prior, she was talking about, you know, when you were younger. And Dre and I go back to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, really, Durant, you know, like we were talking about, you know, light skin versus dark skin. I always saw myself actually as a darker person, right? Yes. And so even like my, my last name is Hallback. But I was teased, you know, oh, she's all black or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Wow. And so that actually had maybe had a complex at some point, you know, even going through high school. Well, yeah. Maybe I need to look a certain way, make sure I look nice, my hair looks nice so I can stand out and I'm not just the darker skinned girl, the tall girl, you know? Yes. So it does affect you. And then even um, even going to Rutgers University, um, I went to Rutgers University and the one thing I liked about when I went to Rutgers, I actually stayed in a house, it was called the Africana House. It was at wow. Douglas College. And okay. so amongst the, you know, however many people we had, we had culture houses. And so you can choose to stay in a cultural house. We had Latina, uh, Barnequa house. We had the German house. We had the traditional, you know, dorms. But in our house, I liked it because we came of all uh, shades. Mm, We never had an issue. I've never, of my five years being at Rutgers, had an issue where we had colorism in the house. Mm -hmm. So that was like our safe space amongst the larger universities, predominantly white universities. So that right there showed me that it can be done within yeah. the network and the sisterhood that you have. Yeah. Um, but it all always goes back to affirming each other and realizing that we're all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know myself growing up, like I was just explaining to the ladies, like I was under the impression that I was darker than what I actually was and mm-hmm. am. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'm dark skin, I'm dark skin, I'm dark skin. And people were like, Jerrine, you're not a dark-skinned child. You're not a dark-skinned woman. But because I was teased by lighter-skinned girls, it started actually developing and planting seeds inside Mm -hmm. me. And I just was like, oh, I'm this dark-skinned woman. Mm -hmm. And then as I started growing up and started seeing social media, you started Mm -hmm. seeing that every dark-skinned woman that was portrayed out there was portrayed as being inferior, was portrayed as being the, the big woman Mm-hmm. And then the butt of all jokes. Mm-hmm. So then you started looking at yourself as like, wait a minute, and yeah, this who I like am, yes, right. Yes. And these seeds started being planted, and mm-hmm. but it took, you know, it took God, it took a group of women that just like encircled around me, and throughout the years, just really just learning who My you Lord. were, right. who you were in Christ, and who you are as a person regardless of skin tone yes. and really just take an honest look at yourself and just say that you're a black woman right yes. and not yes. really focusing on skin tone yes. right you mentioned well, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the media and I think the media does play a role especially here in America mm-hmm. because when you look at the media you don't may not always see yourself reflected in TV shows we see more of the now right yes. mm-hmm. um, but then even if you look back at um, the dog maybe you have played you know, when you go into yes. someone's houses, who do you yes. see on the walls, right? Yeah. Yes. So I say that to say, when I, I went to Ghana um, this a couple weeks ago, in the beginning of July, and the one thing that I noticed, and I took a lot of pictures of, every advertisement you saw shades of black women, mm. black men and women and children. Yes. But when I saw, like, myself walk, driving down, you know, the street in a billboard, you know, 
someone of a different shape, a different mm -hmm. size, that reaffirmed yes. the beauty, the color that yes. we had. Yes. And so I took so many pictures. And that was the one thing that, you know, I felt nice about going there and seeing mm -hmm. that um, beautiful representation of all of us. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you know, that, that's, it's really, that's an advantage mm -hmm. that this generation had. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And you spoke about your college experience. Yeah. Mine was vastly different. And okay. I, I attended a black university. Oh, I wow. went to North Carolina A&T State University mm -hmm. and there was colorism all over the campus. Just like I was saying earlier, even within the fraternities and sororities. Mm -hmm. And with the AKAs, they were primarily the lighter skinned females. Okay. The Deltas were primarily the darker skinned females. So there was always that there. It always existed across campus. Um, but it's great that at least that aspect of it is changing now where we can see more of ourselves um, in media. Mm -hmm. right. And we don't have to always look and see this image of perfection being uh, a Eurocentric image, mm -hmm. but an Afrocentric image and an Afrocentric image that is of color, mm -hmm. that's darker in skin. Yes. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's a, a huge, huge advantage that this generation has. And yeah. even with, um, like I was talking about before when you come into your house, even when we give our children, Right, yes. so the books that now you see a lot and more dolls, the dolls, yes. you know, you may have the curly hair, it's not always straight, mm -hmm. you have different mm -hmm. hues. Yes. You may, you know, now I know there's a, um, in Philadelphia, they have a children's book show, typically mm -hmm. held in the fall, and they have all black authors. So mm -hmm. there's a place where you can go and you can buy books for yes. your children. Yes. So when yes. you're reading books, right, they yes. see themselves yes. in books, right? So you have that broad yes. um, exposure to that. Yes. So I think that's important And as well. I like how you brought up the fact about the dolls. Like mm -hmm. now, they have dolls of multi-hues yes. and right. skin complexions and hair texture. Mm -hmm so that little girls can actually play and develop um, not a sense of just a light-skinned doll and a black-skinned doll mm -hmm. perception, but know that all hues all and treat them all, di right. all the same. Yeah. So it was this study, you guys probably are aware of that, where they actually did a doll well, study. study. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they found out that more and more girls were likely to pick the, the lighter doll. skin doll or the white doll yeah. and right. say that this was beautiful over yeah. the actual dark skin doll. Mm -hmm. So even in that, they had to say, okay, what can we actually do about that? So yeah. what I, the next question is, how do you think that we can advance this or move away from this? with our children, our youth. Well, I think the first thing we have to do is just make sure that we are showing images across the gamut. Mm -hmm. Every hue. Don't limit it to just lighter tones. Don't limit it to just darker tones. Yes. Because then you can also have the opposite complex. You know, because you don't, you don't want to go from one uh, spectrum to the other. So I think showing everything, showing lighter skin, in between, darker skin, and affirming that it's all beautiful. Yes. That beauty is not limited to just lighter tones or just darker tones. Yes. But that it's all beautiful. Yes. And I think we have to be intentional about that um, so that our daughters and our granddaughters don't grow up having that complex. Yes. And, and having that sense of inferiority. But also, it also means calling somebody out. So if you hear yes. something, that's not right. Like I mentor young women and someone actually said something in the um, space that we had. Oh, you're, I think it was derogatory to the darker skinned girl. And we had to, mm. we stopped. We said, wait a minute, we don't do yes. that here in this space. 
Yes. You know, um, why did you, and then we actually stopped and said, well, why did you say that? Mm. How does that make you feel? You know, so you have to address the issue. Yes. Because sometimes if you don't address it and it continues, okay, this is acceptable. Yes, right. Yes. So, and that was one thing that you said is that it becomes acceptable and that you check the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think even with ourselves, we have to do an internal check mm -hmm. when we actually step outside of those bounds and express yes. that to right. one another. Because we cannot just express it by mouths, but we can express it by how we actually interact mm -hmm. and our circles that we actually move in. Yes. And we have to say, okay, why do I only have this skin complexion mm -hmm. of friends? Why do I actually hold that sister over there and look at her a certain way and automatically to start actually looking at her as false, inadequate views of her because yeah. of her skin complexion? Because we can easily make assumptions of a person based off of that. And we make yeah. them internally. Yeah. And my mom made a, a valuable point on the way down here. She was like, back in the South, she's 85 years old now. She was like, in the South, they treated light-skinned yeah. women better yeah. and dark-skinned women. Yeah. You know? She was like, yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. even in slavery, they had the light-skinned women in the home and the dark-skinned women outside. Yeah. And so that started the foundation. And I believe like, if we don't actually attack this issue and start making advances to making this issue better, our children that come up behind us is going to be severely affected. I didn't even know that it was like this huge, oh, like man. now, current, till I started doing the research. Mm -hmm. And our next topic is we talking about relationships, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Talk about relationships with colorism. Oh, okay. And yeah. so in media, they were saying that, okay, there's always a woman who is of a lighter complexion with a darker skin male. And that's how, yes, as opposed to the opposite. And they're saying that it's actually shaping the foundation of how women choose and how men choose mates. Mm -hmm. I remember a guy said to me one time, he was like, all dark-skinned women have bad credit. And I was like, where did that come from? But in his head, he was shaped like dark-skinned women are inferior. So everything about them is less no. than a white So he was fed yeah. that lie. Yes. So he believed the lie. Right. And now he is perpetuating yes. that lie. Yes. So yes. where did that come from? Someone had to tell him that. Yes. Or someone had to show him that. Yes. You know, because that's not something that and a person just dreams up in, in their head on their own. He was exposed to that some kind mm -hmm. of way. You talked about media too. That's why it's important that as more of us start to make shows, like Ava DuVernay, like I love her show Queen Sugar. Yeah, oh, she yeah. has so many yeah. different hues of, of men and women on her show. So we talk about media a lot of times. What are we producing? What are we watching? And what are we supporting yeah. as well? So that yeah. plays a part. And and just like you said with Ava's show, that's great because mm -hmm. see, it's not the issue is not necessarily that we're not there. Mm -hmm. The issue is that there's not a balance. Because usually yes, there's sir. always um, so a negativity mm -hmm. that that is portrayed, right. but there's not that balance right. there. So that I think is what's missing. And you're right. The I love Ava show also mm -hmm. because she yes. does like everything from light bright right. to boot black. <laughs> yeah, she got it all yeah. on her show, and that, yeah. that that's wonderful. Yeah. So how do you feel about the male response to this? Because men have their own. Um, perspective and how they see light skin, dark skin, yeah. and what have you actually heard over the years of how men tend to treat that light skin, dark skin? 
Well, I've, I've heard some of what Jackie you saying, and not the bad credit thing, but maybe having a preference of maybe I only date this type of woman because of how she looks. Mm -hmm. But I do remember um, I dated someone, and he was like, "Oh, my grandmother doesn't like dark skinned women." I said, "Well, I can't come to your house. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I shouldn't be in your house. You know, because wow. he had lived with his grandmother at that time when I was younger. Yeah. You yeah. know, so." having that preference thing and a lot of times it goes both ways you know when you were younger you know you like the elder barges but now you like this type of thing you know that whole stereotype back when we yeah. were younger yes. right? it yeah. goes both yeah. ways yeah. and so then what are we perpetuating and what are we accepting right yeah. so well i don't know i used to think that black men preferred lighter skinned women with straight hair okay. i used to think that i don't think that's necessarily the case anymore um now, if you talk about white versus black, now that's another issue altogether, but we ain't going yeah. there, <laughs> okay? Since, since, since we're sticking to black women mm -hmm. and various skin tones, yeah. yeah, I used to think that men did prefer light skin. I don't, I'm not so sure anymore that that's mm -hmm. the case. But you know what, now with the invention of social media and Instagram and Facebook, when you go back to media, especially with the younger women, Yes. Mental health plays a, a huge part in how people see themselves, mm. right? Because yeah. I yeah. work at a college mm -hmm. and I talk to, you know, not just about financial aid, but just about what's going on in your lives. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised at how colorism plays effect, not just where I work, but other places as well. You yes. know, so growing up, well, you know, I have to date this person or something like mm -hmm. that. And the mental health, well, how do I look? I don't feel pretty because, you know, they want somebody that looks like this, you know, mm -hmm. or he won't like me if I don't look this way, you know? Mm -hmm. So looking at the mental health aspect, I think is also important. We talk about colorism as well. Yeah, so, so actually I, I was, well, during my research, I came up on a study where they talked about little girls um, getting more punished or more suspended from school mm -hmm. over a light skin child. Mm -hmm. And then they talked about as an adult woman in the workplace, how, um, the salary might be a little different because of the light skin versus the dark skin woman. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised that, that they actually did a study on that, but they did a study with um, a group of like a hundred women and said, okay, women with this same title, same background, but all making different salaries, mm -hmm. but all having different skin tone. And they were like, is that really out there? Or is that a myth? Or how do you feel about that in the workplace? They say that, okay, in the workplace, people tend to gather around their own kind, but then people are, tend to gather around and develop their own colorism, where they might interact with this one skin tone woman because it was a foundation of seeds that were planted. Mm -hmm. And now as a woman, you operate even in the workplace where you interact, you go to lunch with the woman of the same complexion and everything wow. because you identify with her more, more so than, than the other yeah. woman who's light skinned. I've never experienced that personally. Um, I've always worked in a place where we've always accepted, you know, um, everyone that was of color, you yes. know, a woman of color. Um, so I personally, you know, I, it probably does, it may happen, you know, but personally, I've never experienced that. Yeah. Everyone that I've worked with, we've always had a sisterhood, you know, yes. we always welcome some, you know, someone we knew, oh, somebody's here, let's go find mm -hmm. out who she is, welcome mm -hmm. her to, you know, the job. So I can't say that I have ever experienced that either, but I have had to engage in some serious self-reflection of my own in terms of colorism. Okay. Because, and I think it probably relates back to the way I was treated um, because of my skin tone when I was younger. And I tend to gravitate more to darker skinned females. Wow. 
And I had to really ask myself, now, why is that? And I'm, the answer is because of that, because of my background, because of my history. Okay. And knowing how it sometimes made me feel less than, and I know I have a heart for the underdog, mm -hmm. and I don't want anyone to feel inferior or left out or right. excluded mm -hmm. for any reason, mm -hmm. least of all because of their skin tone. So, um, yeah, I had to I had to think about that. That's interesting that you actually checked yourself and said, wait a minute, yeah. why is that? Some people may not even question it, yeah. or they may know, but don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I commend you for even checking yourself and saying, why is this? You know, yeah. analyzing well, why are my actions this way? How does that yeah. you know make me feel when I do my clients? But you know, there was well, well there, when I was growing up, there was always mm -hmm. this thing about light skinned women. Oh, she thinks she's cute. Yeah. Not when they think they're cute. Yeah. They think yeah. they're cute, and and there was this assumption that I and women who are my shade and darker were not going to be accepted in the circles mm -hmm. of women who were lighter skinned. So rather than face that rejection, I didn't even bother. Wow. Didn't even bother. And as I've got as I've gotten older, I had to stop and think about that mm -hmm. and reflect on that and admit that. Yeah. That's not always an easy thing to yeah, admit. Yeah, when we have done certain things. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely had to do that. So even in my research, they talked about admitting and coming face to face with this actual topic and understanding like, wait a minute, I first need to check my household mm -hmm. and make sure it's okay. And make sure that this topic is not really something that is underlying and it's not spoken about because it's considered taboo. Mm, yes. So people just tend to accept it and run with it. And so you have this light skinned sister versus this dark skinned sister, mm -hmm. and they don't get along because of the seeds that was planted right. outside of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because seeds could have been planted even outside of their home, like. You're the light-skinned sister, so you're prettier than the right. dark-skinned sister. Mm. And so they grow up with this actual tension, tension amongst themselves. Amongst right. themselves. Yeah. So they talk about like, okay, this is a topic that is taboo, and it should actually begin in the household, and it should actually spread into the community. But how do we actually, well, we get it out by discussing it like yeah. this, but what other ways can we actually get this topic out there? So it doesn't become something that is like harbored inside of us mm -hmm. and you just actually just just continue to live with it and deal with it well i think first we have to not be afraid to address it yes sometimes we shy away from those difficult topics mm -hmm. those topics that are taboo, mm -hmm. and like you said um may be reluctant to call someone out on it right yeah when you hear it i mean just last year uh i heard one of my co-workers talking about a baby that had been born into the family. Mm -hmm. And she was wow. saying, oh, how pretty the baby is and this and that. Oh, but she's dark-skinned. Wow. wow. And I, you know what? It made Fringe. it made my back of my neck get hot. Mm. And I had to, at that moment, not say anything because it wouldn't have come out right. Yeah. But I, what I should have done at some point is gone back to address her yeah. and ask, well, why do you say that? Right. You say, oh, the baby's so beautiful. She's so this, she's so that. But... but She's dark skinned, yes. right. as if that somehow diminishes her, her beauty. beauty. Right. Yes. See, or I even I know it made me think of a um, incident that a friend of mine had. We were at an HBCU uh, basketball game. They used mm -hmm. to have them up in North Jersey. I'm not sure they still have them. And so we were walking into the stadium, and so this brother was like, "Oh, he was talking to my girlfriend, who's a little bit darker shade than I." Mm -hmm. 
She said, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. And she oh, said, first of all, I'm pretty just because. Thank yes. You. And yes. then he yes. kept saying something. She kept walking. He said, oh, you're not going to stay in and talk to me. So she checked him again, you know? Mm -hmm. So that whole thing about, you know, stopping it where it is. And he wasn't trying to hear it, of course, but which was sad. But she was just like, no, I don't deal with that, you know? Yes. I'm yes. just pretty because if you want to talk to me, you're going to talk to me because of who I am. Yeah. So sometimes right. you'll hear that. And then that's also another, you know, underlying thing with but, but, but right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, some, I, I think maybe, and this is trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. that maybe they don't realize how insulting yes. that yes. is. Right. Yes. It's very insulting. Yeah. And I even have a problem with scripture on that. Because when I was reading uh, Song of Songs, and you know, that's this, this whole book is very uh, intimate and erotic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with Solomon and the woman who was who's identified as a Shulamite woman. And they're, they're having this intimate, sensual conversation. Mm -hmm. And the way she describes herself, she says, I am dark, dark but yeah. lovely. Mm -hmm. Not dark and lovely. She says, I'm dark, dark but lovely. And I even went, I said, you know what? Maybe the translators didn't get it right. Let mm -hmm. me look at other translations. Wow. And I, Every single translation, I look at six of them, and they all had the butt there. Wow. So that that kind of bothered me, and it's wow. very true. They'll say, that's like saying to a big girl, oh, you got a pretty face. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, but what the, the whole Exactly. For a big girl. For a big girl. Yeah. Right. So this is the same thing, saying, you know, you, you're pretty for mm -hmm. a, a black girl, or, you know, for dark skin. You, yeah. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. You were asking, what can we do? And I remember I did a workshop with young women young girls and we did vision boards. You hear a lot about vision boards now. Yeah. So we talked actually about beauty and self-esteem and we said, well, you're going to do a vision board and place it maybe in your bedroom or someplace that mm. you look at every day. Yes. Pick things that remind you of you beautiful things like that, right? So that's yes. another way um, that you can also kind of, especially with young girls, right? They may not express a lot. They may not come tell mom I feel this way or somebody else. They may have a journal, yes. you know, but I think especially for them having an open space, that's another way you can. And